0: David. Michelle. (laughs) Okay, we're going to chat balloons. We will get into it.
1: Ooh, that was an interesting one. (laughs) It
0: was a good one. But what we're really going to focus on today is ASIO boss Mike Burgess fronting Senate Estimates.
1: Showed up Senate Estimates. Um, Can I say, he he was literally a cameo. He walked in and went bada bing, bada boom. Good to see you. See you around. I know. Gone.
0: He was in and out. Didn't dilly dally. No.
1: Like a good spy, he just went, you know what, this is all you need to know, and I'm leaving you. Yes, Goodbye. but
0: also a lot has happened with balloon coverage, balloon gate as I like to call it. Oh crap. So we should probably tuck into that one as well. Yes,
1: because it actually came up in Senate Estimates. He was yes. questioned, It was asked, do you know if there are balloons over Australia?
0: And we will give that answer soon. You're listening to I Spy, the Malcolm Roberts of Australian intelligence.
1: I have a very important question. That's a very important question okay. for the head yeah? of okay. um, How do you feel about prawn toast coming from China? That's Chinese. How do we know that our prawn toast isn't watching us right now? Because you eat it. Thank you very much for that. I yield to the chin.
0: Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and we're going to... Uh, touch on ASIO boss Mike Burgess, who fronted Senate Estimates. Now, as you know, he's been the Director General of Security in charge of ASIO since 2019. Yep. He's been on a mission to bring ASIO out of the shadows, at least in part. Yeah, And he did a real brief moment in Senate Estimates, and we kind of got a lot out of it.
1: <laughs> John Kaczynski was in like the, the cinema that I watched the Jack Ryan premiere mm-hmm. in. He was in there longer, I reckon, than Mike Burgess was in Absolutely. front of Estimates.
0: But before we get into that, because yes. he did briefly chat about, the, the, the Chinese balloons. balloon incident. But before we get into that, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happened since we did Last app.
1: Holy crap. What was I it? Know. We talk about balloons and then suddenly the, the Chinese go, well, let's release more. Obviously, people like them.
0: Yeah. So, there's been a few, well, they, they were calling them UFOs, but yeah. in in true American fashion, they had to literally say they were not aliens. Yes. Because people hear UFO and they think Aliens. You what?
1: There's someone coming to, to, to set my cow and give me an <laughs> anal probe. She yeah.
0: So they shot down a few more. Now they're in remote parts, I think over Lake Huron.
1: Uh, Lake Huron. And interestingly enough, I was reading that uh, the divers had to get special diving gear because Lake Huron is Freezing cold. Oh, it's
0: not just that it's freezing, it's really deep. It's like, very I, deep, yeah. I used to summer at Lake Huron, and it's a oh. beautiful lake. <laughs> what did you know? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I used to live in Canada. Oh, you're
1: yeah. such a location drop. And one appeared across uh, above Canada, and of yeah. course, Pierre Trudeau went, Oh, here, can you come knock it out of the sky for us here? And of course, the Americans sent an F 22 up. It shut it down and F-16 took one down, I believe it was over Alaska, Mm. just on the coast, like the very northern coast of Alaska.
0: Yeah. And China are like going,
1: relax, they're just weather balloons.
0: Yeah, well, also China came out not too happy with the US and said, well, you know what? The US, there's been like 10 instances of US balloons over Chinese airspace. And uh, of course- the US are not saying that that happened. No. So it's kind of playing tit for tat at the moment, but it's not boding well for the US-Chinese relations. It's not. The, and, I the mean, the,
1: the big problem about that is is I mean, it's a problem for them, but it could actually wind up being a bit of a bonus for us if something else that came up in Senator or it came up this week, not through Senator estimates, but it definitely will come into it, is the cameras in defence that are all Chinese. Yes,
0: has. yeah, and I was going to get into that because yeah, we'll talk to that. Burgess said he can't comment in detail but he does say that a spy balloons are not the principal means by which people are spying on Australia. What a very
1: delicate way of putting it. It's not the
0: principal means. No, of means. course not. Instead, the Department of Defence have to rip out more than 900 Chinese-made security devices from government buildings, which I'm like, what, how did that get through? Now,
1: here's the interesting point. Um, mm. Point one was the audit was done by one James Patterson, a Liberal senator who was the head of the Intelligence Committee uh, in Senate and is now the what is it, the Protection of Australia,
0: Shadow Minister? Right.
1: Whatever, the Safeguard of Australia, whatever it is. But he did the audit. Interestingly enough, most of those cameras would have gone in during the last government. That's not the issue. The issue is simply this, money, right? It's cheaper they were to buy, cheap It's cheaper to buy a camera mm. from China than it is to buy a camera from Germany, all right? It, it's just, it's, it's dollars. Now, on top of that, as a lot of the defence people have said, none of them are actually attached to the internet. So there's no real way the Chinese can get the information on oh, that you, camera. Oh, you
0: mean they didn't get these cameras from China and then connect them to Huawei? Yeah, they got yeah, <laughs> plugged them straight in. Like,
1: you know, you know, as soon as they clicked in, they sort of yeah. sent the message, the camera sent the message back to Kogan saying, I'm here, will yep. you connect me up? And, and, yeah, and then they did in. some
0: TikToks of them with the cameras. <laughs> t- woo,
1: TikTok. <laughs> um, lots of TikTok dancing coming out of the Department of Defence. Yeah. The thing is they're not connected to the internet, so that shouldn't no, be a problem. everyone's and
0: freaking out. And
1: there there is a big freak out, and rightly so, right, mm. in that do you really want your security facilities to have Chinese-made things in them? Interestingly enough, though, they've discovered that quite a few of the chips that are going into the F-35 strike fighters are made in China.
0: Well, I mean, you can't really ignore it. And I know that the US, this is something the US has been focusing on, particularly the US companies, the reliance on American-made technology and chips. And there's a lot of rhetoric around... People don't realize that you're Chinese made toaster. And I know we've yep. spoken about this as well. Yep. Chinese made toaster, Chinese made car. Like they could all potentially be listening in.
1: They could all be potentially listening in. The big thing is, as I always say, is why would they be listening to you? I mean, not I've a, not got not a lot
0: of good chat. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Damn it. She's giving us nothing we can use, but it's so interesting. Real Fasc- Housewives? Fascinating. Lady. If you
0: wanted to know all the real housewives, gosh I've got it yeah, at I, home.
1: Totally. Now the big problem is, and America, as you said, America's really Getting very heavily into the whole idea, of mm. we don't want our chips being made in China anymore. There's a big battle going on between America and the US with quantum computing, superconductors, all this sort of stuff. Which brings us back to that fun little noble gas we mentioned last week called helium. Helium, because you really need helium mm. to make things like superconductors, right? And again, if we if we're losing helium, um, interestingly enough, we had a loop disconnect on Twitter. Turned around, went, "Well, don't worry, we can make it as soon as we've got nuclear fusion working." Oh, which is yeah, but. You know, <laughs> They figured out how to – actually, they've done it once where the amount of energy they put into the fusion reactor is less than the amount of energy they get out, but it was for like a nanosecond. Great. So it's like, yeah, that's a great idea, but we still don't have that tech in place. So the big thing with the Chinese cameras – and Penny Wong turned around and went, look, we're going to go through and take them all out. right?" And So it's
0: ended them. up being an expensive, expensive exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And normally cost-cutting measures do cost you
0: more. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's why right. There's no win here.
1: Yeah, don't go cheap.
0: But that's because they don't care because that'll be the next government.
1: Exactly. Popping. That is the other thing. Is they? I mean, it was interesting that it was James Patterson who got up and went, well, excuse me, but there were all these Chinese cameras. And interestingly enough, this government, as much as they do say, well, that's not our fault. You were the guys in power. No one turned around to him to go, dude, that's an own goal. Yeah. Because you're the guys who put those cameras in. He's like,
0: "Oh." He's like, oh. aww.
1: Oh, maybe not. Anyway, getting back yes. to Burjo. so
0: um, his opening statement was really interesting. Oh, I like he, it. Yes, he called Australia's security outlook as complex, challenging, and changing.
1: Can I just say one thing on that? Complex. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally our security outlook. All, all the, the time. time. It I don't.
0: So, <laughs> it's, again, it was
1: a great blanket statement to go, yeah. we've still got a lot of challenges.
0: Described foreign interference activity as an attack on our way of life. Now, yep. that that to me is, is American rhetoric.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's the thing you want to have. And Senate Estimates is all about assuaging the curiosity and, you know, potential... Mm. Aggro coming out of generally it's the crossbench you've got to deal with yeah. and the opposition and interestingly enough it was the crossbench that featured very heavily in this senate estimates. Committee. Yes,
0: I know there was a lot of questions from Pocock and I think um,
1: Shoebridge was big. Yes, Malcolm Roberts. Malcolm in. Roberts. And in. I actually want to talk about Mal- what Malcolm actually, Roberts. Actually, he w- up.
0: he was. He wasn't as nutty as he usually is. <laughs> Which
1: know, is sorry. saying a lot, you know. Yeah. That is that's saying a lot.
0: He asked a legitimate question, and I was like, "Where? Where? Okay, where's the crazy? Waiting for yeah. the crazy."
1: Well, there was a little bit of crazy because it's literally the way his eyes sort of they sort of shiver. He's got that sort of like he's got crazy eyes. He's anyway, got
0: psychopath eyes. Yeah, but um,
1: he breathes through them. I believe <laughs> if you put him if you put his mouth and nose under water, he can still breathe through his eyes.
0: So Burgess says the most likely threat to Australia is not groups but a small number of individuals who go to violence with little to no warning.
1: Ah, we're talking terrorism. now. That's yes. Because like, the big thing, is he said, is their main focus at the moment is espionage. Yep. Right. He said that that's the big thing. And I want to get onto the espionage side of it, but the terrorism thing is an interesting one because yep. we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago.
0: 100%. And I found that very interesting because he said while right-wing extremism grew rapidly since the COVID pandemic hit, fueled in part, of course, by the conspiracy theory that we have talked yeah. about, but that threat has now moderated slightly.
1: I think I, what I like was it was not a bumper campaign of. Recruiting. Oh
0: yes, that, yeah, that's I think what, what he, was he a said. Great lie. It was not a bumper campaign. At its peak, nationalist extremist groups occupied about half the agency's counter-terror workload, yeah. comparable to the workload it faces monitoring threats from religious extremists. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. Thing is, it's now sort of bumped back to seventy percent religious extremism, thirty yes. percent. Political ideology. Yes. Now, what was really interesting about that, it was that question that Jack asked, is, well, are these guys on the ball? And yep. I think, yeah, is pretty much on the ball with what's going on. Yes, we had the trains in Queensland, but again, there is the dispute whether that was terrorism and also... Again, lone gunmen, and that's what he's saying is it's the small individuals yes. that are going to be the problem.
0: Yeah, because he did say while the nationalist extremist groups tried to exploit the pandemic to recruit new members, as you pointed out, they didn't gain a bumper crop of yeah, new recruits. Bumper
1: crop, I really like that. <laughs> but the the thing is, as well, is as he said, there's less angst in the community. We're past the man mm. the mask mandates. We're past the vaccine mandates. All of these mandates have gone, and a lot of the angsters starting to assuage. Now, interestingly enough, as we mentioned in the interview with Jack, where I said, look, I've got problems with, you know, family members. Yeah. Interestingly enough, even that's beginning to thaw.
0: Yeah. Right. right. Because
1: everyone's suddenly going, like, okay, it's over now. You know, yeah the, and the, also the big drama is over.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, I think everyone's choosing to forget those three years of the pandemic yeah. that took our lives.
1: And also I think a lot of people that went, Yes, I'm going to go and march and stand around oh, yeah. with these people. All of a
0: sudden people are like, I can't believe I even care. Yeah. And, and, but also
1: <laughs> it's like they're looking at the people they were marching with, the instigators, the the influencers, the conspiracy theorists mm. and the hardcore right-wing people. They're taking one look and going, oh, they're actually dickheads and I don't want to be around them anymore because life is beginning to move back to
0: normal. 100%. And it was interesting, like particularly in 2021, as we know, the definition of extremist groups changed for ASIO, categorizing them as either religiously motivated or ideologically motivated. Now, he did say that he rejected some criticism, and I found this interesting, from Mm. some Muslim groups who object to the use of the term religiously motivated extremism.
1: Yeah. Now, there is a point that they have that, you know, you You keep calling it religious extremism, and then political extremism. All all extremism ultimately is political, right? You are trying to influence a society by your action. Now, the problem is it's where the ideology springs from, Mm. right? So that political ideology is springing from, say, a Muslim group that believes that the entire world should be a caliphate under Sharia law. Well, I'm sorry, that's not the way other – we don't have sure your beliefs. I mean, the old thing, you know, you used to say to a Catholic priest is, you know, I, I appreciate your religion, just don't try to shove it down my throat.
0: Or in any orifice. Yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly, right? (laughs) So the whole thing is he basically said, look, I understand what your complaint is Mm. but I reject the logic behind it in that it is a religious-based extremism. And the thing is it's a more entrenched thing where the right-wing ideology is beginning to peter out because the mass support that we had, as I think it was the Canberra Times headline was, cookers are no longer the problem, which is like, <laughs> way to go, Canberra. I just think the whole idea is, as we said before, a lot of these people that got caught up in that maelstrom are now beginning to pull away from it going, uh, this isn't for me.
0: Well, also, as we've spoken about, a lot of this came out of, you know, people being stuck at home in lockdown yeah. and had nothing else to do but be on the internet.
1: The devil makes – like, work for – Idle hands or whatever that phrase goes. (laughs) Boy, I
0: screwed that Oh my God.
1: Just, I'm not good with religious quotes. has he said? Um, it is true there are less people in this country who would want to conduct acts of violence in the name of their cause, but there is still volatility in the mix with people who have a range of grievances around social, economic or some conspiracy theory.
0: Yeah, and right. I think that we see that as well. Like if you look to the UK, like there's a lot of agitation and dissent because of kind of younger generations and people living on the fringes of society. Yeah, And I think we're seeing that kind of filter on through to Australia, like we've talked about the incels, we've talked about the cookers, there is this kind of portion of Australian society who are agitating for change and are willing to use violence. Yeah. Now, look, ultimately
1: people are people, right? And considering <laughs>
0: – People are people? People are people. Okay. Uh,
1: all the, the world over. We all have the same wants, needs, desires. Hmm. They go through the prism of our social constructs of religion, politics, the whole thing. So in places like the UK, Australia, the United States – we have very similar systems, right? Mm. We have very simil- similar cultures. Yep. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that if it happens in the US, it'll happen in Australia mm. and through a society. You look at places like China where, funnily enough, I mean the whole idea of people go, oh, they'd never demonstrate. They demonstrate all the goddamn time over there, yeah. it's just tightly controlled, yeah. right? So it's a more in your more authoritarian states, yeah. there isn't as much violence. Well, you'd, A, we don't see it because it won't be publicised, but B, it's a lot more tightly controlled because their intelligence and their security services and their policing is a lot more hands-on. It's a lot mm. more despotic. So the whole idea of Australians sort of like going, we're really angry because we've been locked in, Completely understandable. It's also very understandable that a lot of people, as you said, are like sitting there going, what was I angry about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hang on, I can go to the cricket again. Who cares, right? Yeah. So there is that thing where, and I, I know from experience with people in my family and friends that were had careers that were taking them around the country and around the world and suddenly you're stuck at home, mm. man, that will drive you, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah. So the whole thing is I think, as he put it, The right-wing extremism is beginning to peter out. It's not gone. Right, that's the one thing he said. As he said, what was it? The threat level was dropped from probable to possible. But yeah. as he said, that doesn't mean negligible.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's still,
1: there was still a chance of terrorism occurring in the country. It's just now it's less likely because there aren't as many
0: angry people. around. No, and it's interesting because pre-COVID, we were, particularly as a journalist, there, there seemed to be a lot of lone wolf terrorist acts.
1: Yeah, there was that. The that other problem was- That we were
0: had, religiously motivated.
1: Yeah, we had ISIS. We had- yeah. Al-Qaeda was still in the works. ISIS was really, really- cranking up the yep. the rhetoric and also doing a lot of recruiting online yes. and a lot of radicalization yeah
0: we saw that with the police officer who was shot in sydney's west yep. like and there were, there were instances even in melbourne a lot of instances in melbourne mm. that we saw as well
1: well the stabbing on
0: was yeah, it burke street, street which was burke terrible street mall so it just seems though that this has it's almost like ISIL and al-qaeda they kind of just went oh can't be bothered. You know what? We took a couple of years off because of the pandemic and now yeah, I, retirement's fun. Yeah, I quite like
1: this. Yeah. yeah. This whole idea of not being shut out is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Right? yeah. It just, it's, it's just interesting to me that the pandemic happened and then all of a sudden it's like these people have just decided not to uh, get involved in Well, anymore. also
1: they lost heavily in Syria. I mean, yeah. ISIL had pretty much all of northern Syria and northern Iraq and yeah. they've just been – like they the Russians unleashed the Wagner group on them and it just – the only thing worse than ISIS is – the Russian Wagner group, I think, <laughs> those guys don't take – like that classic thing with the head of Wagner group sending the bloody sledgehammer to the UN or no, mm. the EU. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was a the sledgehammer they used to kill a guy who deserted. It's like, dude, that's just – Wrong. I know, on so many it's terrible.
0: levels. It's now,
1: terrible. Now, uh, let's get back to to Burjo, our oh, good old mate Burjo. Burjo. Burjo.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. He'll never do it. come on our show if I keep calling him that. Right. Espionage. That's the big focus right yes. now. Yes. And as you said, it is their principal priority. And last year was very productive in removing espionage and interference threats. Okay. Now, the interesting thing was, of course, as soon as he said that, I think everybody. In the estimates committee went, oh, China.
0: China, yes. And even that's what Malcolm Roberts asked. Yes. And yep. what
1: was it? Australia was the target of sophisticated and persistent espionage and foreign interference activities from a range of hostile foreign services. Yeah.
0: So a range. So we've got China. <laughs> a
1: range. So, yeah. We've got. Russia. <laughs> we've got Chinese military and domestic intelligence. Yeah. No, no, no. It would definitely be China and Russia. Yeah. Right? Russia is interested in Australia because of trade. I think more than yeah. anything else. We sell gas, they sell gas. And at the at At the moment, I think we're selling a lot of gas because they're, they're
0: not allowed to. Well, they're
1: selling it to India, who then on sell it at double the price to yeah. ch- to uh, Europe. But we do deal in a lot of similar areas, I think uh, trade wise, and because of that, they're very interested. The interesting fact that I I brought it up before is the fact that there's more Russian intelligence officers in Australia now than there were during the
0: Cold War. And do you think the Orca's agreement has stirred this kind of anti-Australianism in some of these countries? Well, it's kind I of think- made us made them pipe up and go, well, "What's Australia?" Doing.
1: Well, I think that would be more of a potential threat to our neighbors. So it would be more regional. Right. It would be countries like Indonesia, um, mm. India, Thailand, all of these, all of the local area are going to be more focused yes. on the potential, like the question of what the hell is Australia doing. Yeah. But the other thing is the Russia, say Russia and China, would like China, of course, would be very interested in AUKUS because, again, we're in the neighborhood. And hang on, what are you doing suddenly floating around in American nuclear subs that you'll get in 50 years maybe if you're lucky
0: Um, We're never going to get them
1: Russia would be very interested because they would see us as a soft target for intelligence penetration and getting that kind of technological information out of us. That was the way they approached Warmer back in the 50s. Like they really targeted Warmer heavily because not only were we testing part of the British atomic testing Mm. program, we also were testing things like Harpoon, over the horizon, ship to ship missiles. All this sort of technology was coming through. Interestingly enough, Australia and uh, America, the British and America at one point stopped Australia's access to their intelligence because they believed that it was being all of these Leaked. leaks were coming through yep. Australia and then, they, of course, they uncovered the Cambridge Five, Burgess, with yeah. Philby Maclean, and Blunt.
0: Oh, it's theirs. And it
1: was like, oh, it was us, sorry. Yeah. And while Australia's going, it's
0: not, not us,
1: guys. No. Well, it was us but, you know, interestingly enough, intelligence <laughs> gets pulled from all different areas but the big leak was Britain. Yeah. Right. So again, Russia would be incredibly interested in Australia because of our access to things. And by the way, like our new drone, which isn't oh. the, it isn't the fruit bat though. I really wanted to be called the fruit I bat. I know.
0: I was like. I just went with it, yeah, that, that you right? called it the fruit bat, I but I was like, that's a really real pussy name to I be know, fair. I think it's a
1: great name because it really sums up our country, this shrieking thing that shits on you.
0: Yeah, uh, I
1: know. Uh, it's called the ghost bat, which as one that's, of our- I
0: mean, that is way cooler than fruit bat.
1: Yeah, but as one of our um, one of our friends on Twitter, at I Spied Podcast, if you want to join the at
0: conversation.
1: At I Podcast. At I Spied Podcast. Podcast. Right, uh, one of our listeners basically turns around and went, well, the definition of ghost bat according to the Urban Dictionary is- mm is to toss one off at work, <laughs> have a cheeky...
0: I've never heard that before in my life. A
1: cheeky wristy at work, which I, like he said that you know all the diggers thought it was hilarious when they saw it because it's about masturbation at work. I feel
0: like I need to look that up. Really? I don't believe that that's actually go on, thing. Go on, look it up. Okay, While I'm you're looking, looking it
1: up, up, so that's why we definitely have China and Russia looking it's at it. It's a
0: species of bat. Yeah, it's a species
1: of bat. Look it up in the urban dictionary.
0: Oh, okay, right, right, urban right. Urban dictionary. Okay, it doesn't yeah. mean that. What does it mean? <laughs> When a man (laughs)
1: Yes
0: (laughs) When a man pulls the loose skin on his balls outwards To look like veiny wings of a bat And the penis scrunches inward to look like the head
1: Oh, puppetry of the penis Yes, Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah. Work with those I actually went to an audition for that one
0: Did you? Yeah
1: Puppetry of the penis It was at the comedy festival in Melbourne But did you need a
0: penis? No, 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 no I wasn't auditioning (laughs) Okay
1: I was on the selection panel because I'm standing there with one of the guys from Puppetry of the Penis, a mate of mine who is a theatre director yeah. who was directing Puppetry of the Penis. We're at the festival bar yeah. and one of the guys from Puppetry of the Penis was like, oh, this sucks, man. We've lost one of our guys. He just he <laughs> couldn't do it. He you know, he was hung but it just didn't work for him. Oh. It's like this young comedian was standing there and went, oh, I'd love to do something like Puppetry of the Penis. And what? the director went, get it out. This is in the middle of the oh my god." Bar. And um, the guy went, oh. Here, and the director and the actor just went, mate, if you can't do it here, you can't do it on stage. No. And the guy whipped it out and literally the three of us were like, holy, y- oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy like toured for years with them. The <laughs> guy was hung like a horse, a horse on steroids.
0: Oh, my um, God. Anyway, what a you know, digression. There we go. Back so, to the bat.
1: <laughs> so the thing is, it's not just China and Russia that they're going to look at us. No. Indonesia are going to be interesting. Of course. Like, like every, pretty much every government in the world spies on every other government in the world because we want to know your secrets. Mm. So when he turned around and went, they, when everyone went, China, he went, well, yeah, of course, China, but everybody else as well. Yeah. Right? There are going to be countries that we don't, you know, the five eyes aren't going to spy on us because we share intelligence.
0: Yeah, and interestingly as well, Pauline Hanson had a lot of words to say recently as well about um, China yeah. and how has declared that China has its sights on Australia. She's urged the PM to remain diplomatic without getting too friendly, which, I mean...
1: Okay, so Pauline's right into stating the bleeding obvious
0: I know. Like
1: They're spying on us, but be nice. Oh, duh.
0: Yeah, of course we're being nice because we actually need them. We need them. For our economy. Right.
1: (laughs) Now, interestingly enough, Malcolm Roberts brought up this thing that I thought was a really... Like, a lot of people sort of went, I couldn't bear watching him, he's mad. Yeah. And it's like, but he brought up this thing... He sometimes
0: I will say the one thing he he does sometimes it makes sense.
1: He basically asked a question about a communist party contact point in Sydney, All right? Now Mike Burgess just played it with a straight bat and went, I can't comment on investigations or operations mm. and I don't know what you're talking about in that media context. Right? Yes. Now, in now the
0: media- I I, I found that very interesting because I don't know what it meant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's him going, shut up and shut up now. Oh, Because okay. there is an organisation called, it's a human rights NGO, yeah. called Safeguard Defenders, is
0: just like, <laughs> That should be like a kid's cartoon.
1: Yeah, it should either be a kid's cartoon or it's the next iteration of something by Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safeguard defenders. Shut up or it's civil war. Right, so (laughs) safeguard defenders focus heavily on human rights in China and Vietnam. Yeah. Right now, I I did a bit of a deep dive into these guys. Um, one of them has won the Magnitsky Prize for human rights. Now, okay. Sergei Magnitsky, who was a journalist in Russia, mm. who just uncovered a lot of corruption in Moscow, and then was found oh my God, really? to death just outside the Kremlin.
0: Oh, he he didn't fall out a window. No, no, no.
1: That's that's reserved specifically for oligarchs. Yes. only oligarchs get the window. They get the luxury Journalists get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Right. So basically, these guys have won human rights prizes. They're a fairly, like, it's really difficult to realise, you know, to know whether these guys are on the up and up or they're just anti-China hawks. But essentially, they've said that the Chinese police have set up police service stations in 110 countries around the world or something, right? United States, Japan, Spain, France, Mm. and Australia. Now, the Chinese government has said, of course, we've got a police liaison in case you want to renew your driver's licence or ID, because they have Chinese, you know, people in the diaspora would still have Chinese licences and things Mm. like that. So if you want to renew your licence, come on down to the uh, Chinese MyGov store and get your licence renewed. The thing that safeguard defenders are saying is they're using it as a way to intimidate the diaspora. Right. Turning around to, say, known criminals or known dissidents that have fled the country and are living, say, in Sydney. Mm. They're now turning around to them. They're making contact with them and saying, mate, if you don't come home, we're going to start taking it out on your family. Oh. Which is not an unheard of thing. No. The interesting thing is there's no evidence to this point yet. So for Burjo to turn around and go, yeah, in this context, I don't know what you're talking about. To say it's a Communist Party contact point, mm-hmm. it's a really easy way for him to turn around and go, yeah, no, don't know what you're talking about. But we have operations going on against the Chinese, obviously, and, uh, yeah, I can't talk about that. Now, the thing is, if he turned around and said, is there a contact police station set up in Sydney to talk to the diaspora about coming home or killing your family, he probably still would have gone, yeah, no, I can't comment.
0: Yeah, because I I would imagine that there's a lot he can't comment, but then sometimes by saying I can't comment, you're commenting.
1: Yeah, but that's a really interesting point. By saying no comment – is he commenting? Yes. Well, no. Yes and no, right? Because essentially, he might go, "I can't comment on that," and he could then run back to the office and go, "Does anyone know about this? Because no uh, one's told me." right. Now the whole thing is, I very much doubt it. It's been in the press for a year. Like yeah. this stuff has been going on, and they're calling the Beijing are calling it a police outreach, and oh, it's about eighty cities across the world. Yeah. It's called it's called the one hundred and ten outreach because one one zero is the emergency number in China. Oh. You know what are we? Nine nine nine?
0: No. Triple Zero. Oh, that's
1: right, triple O. Nine <laughs> nine oh, <999's> America. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This
0: is And know then it became
1: nine be, no, nine 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 to UK, nine one one is um So
0: nine one one, the interesting thing about nine one one, you know, if you dial nine one one in Australia, it connects you to Triple Zero because a lot of kids grow up on American television. Nine
1: one one, yeah. Funnily enough, I just think any triple number should just go straight to the cops. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, triple zero, of course, which was the dumbest number because it was back on the- It, work, was,
0: it was the worst. It was the longest the one. The rotary you dial. To, yes. uh, you had to wait forever just to get back to the zero. Yeah.
1: For all you kids out there listening, we used to have these things called rotary dials uh, yeah. and it started at one and ended at zero and you had to go all the way around. We
0: also used to have a thing called a um, tape cassette player. <laughs> oh, remember? Oh,
1: reel to reel, baby. Oh. I've, yeah, I used to have, In fact, I used to work with them and you used your reel to reel because you can- to record very slowly on those tapes. Anyway, anyway. right. So the big problem is uh, the the accusation is that China are hmm. using these police contact points to intimidate the diaspora. That is not unheard of, all right? that Like the Russians used to use diplomats to, again, intimidate Russian diaspora mm. in Australia to say, look, we know that you're a dissident. If you don't come home, your family's there and we're going to take it out on them. It's an old, 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 old way of getting people to come home. Now, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. The interesting thing about this is basically the contact point was said to be established in 2018. Mm-hmm. Whether they're still running it, we don't know. Right. But obviously, Malcolm Roberts has heard something and he thought, I can basically trap Burjo in a corner. And Burjo just like went, no, straight bat, move away. See you later.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, though, that uh, there would be this kind of idea that you want to catch him out. Like, I I don't understand where this um, disconnect between government and ASIO is. Do you know what I mean? Like, the politicians not trusting ASIO.
1: Well, that comes down to another question. Now, I can remember reading about it yesterday, and when you contacted me and went, Burjo's at Estimates, I'm like, oh, no, the Super Bowl's not important anymore. I'm going to watch that. (laughs) I can't remember which one. It might have been Jared Rennick um, brought up the thing, you know, the question Is ASIO spying on MPs and journalists? Oh, yes. To which, (laughs) God bless him, turned around and went, it's not in our remit. No. Boom, we're not. No. Now, here's the interesting thing. Are they, you know, turn around and say it's not in our remit? And it's not in their remit to spy holus bolus on MPs and journals. However,
0: if something comes up that involves an MP and a journalist, then oh, they're going to check in on it. And
1: there's two really important cases of this. One recently was a guy by the name of Shaquette uh, Musselman, mm-hmm. a New South Wales MP, yep. who was raided by ASIO and the AFP because he was. they believed he was being seriously influenced by the Chinese government. Yep. Right? The other one, and this is, again, it's another Labor. It was a Labor federal MP, a guy by the name of Albert Burt James, who was the member for Hunter, pretty big seat, from nineteen sixty to nineteen eighty. Now, interestingly enough, ASIO released his file. They had a file on him for a number of years because he was listed as a KGB source.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Now he wasn't actually handing. In the
0: Hunter. Well, I guess the Hunter was is home to like a lot of the the mining.
1: Yeah, but again, that wasn't the point. They weren't after information, like they weren't trying to get files from him. They mm. weren't trying to get secrets from him. They were trying to get A influence. Can you ask a few questions in Parliament oh, right, that are right, going right. like throw a Dorothy Dixer in at question time? Mm. Which is going to make us sound better or, you know, if once Labor got in, you know, you can throw a Dorothy Dix out or while the Liberal Party were running the country, can you ask questions that are going Mm. to, you know, put them in an awkward position. The other thing was they were using him as a talent spotter is there someone that we should be approaching to talk to? Now, whether he knew he was being influenced or not is, again, the other question. But ASIO, yeah, they'll hold a file on an MP if that MP is doing something that is detrimental to the national security. Which, of
0: course, makes sense. Now,
1: of course, the argument against that is, well, if he's an elected MP and he's acting on behalf of his constituents, who are you to say it's against national security? Well, it's actually in the legislation. Yeah. With journalists, again, they're not going to like. They're not going to follow you. Well, maybe they will because you talk to me. No, no, no. No one cares. No, no, really one cares. no one cares. But they will look at a journalist if that journalist is using their position to again push a foreign national interest. Right now, to go online. Uh, Tucker Carlson's a great example in the United States where he's going, well, Russia is right and Ukraine are evil. and It's like, dude, that, just shut up.
0: Well, but also T- Tucker Carlson, who I might remind everyone, actually started on CNN and was actually quite a normal journalist, yeah. discovered that by being a crazy right-wing fuckwit, exactly. he will get further in his journalistic There's enterprise. more money in being <laughs> a
1: right-wing rat bag yeah. than there is in being a yes. left-wing reasonable and person.
0: And I think you'd probably be surprised at how moderate he probably is in real life.
1: I think you know what he probably gets off and goes, yeah, "Gee, wow, that was pretty hard." Uh, Can
0: I have my vegan sandwich now? Yeah,
1: wow, <laughs> God, there's a Russian who wants to talk to you. Oh God, no, please, I hate those guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, totally.
1: <laughs> I mean, and as Fox said in court when they were being sued for news coverage, they turned around, and went, "We're not news. We're an entertainment." They're entertainment,
0: channel. and that is actually how pe- the lens that everyone yeah. has to look through to these these shows. They're Purely entertainment. They've
1: basically taken the news and turned it into a show, right? A fiction, which is kind of concerning. But look, the thing, I think the big takeaway at the moment. Yes. What's the takeaway? The big takeaway is this, right?
0: Chinese takeaway?
1: Uh, Chinese takeaway, yeah. Dim sum? Plenty of that. Uh, Get your fried rice. Creamy sum guy. Oh, yeah. Went there. (laughs) Yeah, had to go there, didn't you, young lady? Yes. You had to make it dirty. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I, like the, dirty yeah, I like dirty Chinese. I like dirty Chinese.
1: Yeah. Personally, I'm a big fan of prawn toast. Um,
0: oh, who doesn't like a prawn toast? You had a million oh, prawn toasts when we were out the other night. At the night. Christmas party. Yes. Oh, my God. Did so I, much prawn toast. It was all disgusting. The
1: I walked home, like, just, I smelled of prawns and sesame.
0: He was like the Homer Simpson of an all-you-can-eat <laughs> buffet. <laughs> <parfait. laughs>
1: anyway. Right. Uh, the big takeaway is steady as we go. Yep. Everything's looking pretty good. <laughs> okay. Azio seem to be on top of the espionage and they've realised that the threat is growing. Right. And that's normal. That's utterly normal. You know, we went through the war on terror. And of course, during the war on terror, it was like, that's what we're focused on. There's a lot of it going on. Mm. And a lot of countries were so focused on that that everyone sort of like went, espionage is not really that important. Espionage is big now, right? I mean because of the frisson the friction between <laughs> the US and China yeah. and because we're allies of the US, we're getting caught up yes. in that friction. Though we're also, I mean, as Pauline said, and you're absolutely right, Pauline, you are absolutely right, be nice. But not too friendly. Don't trust them. No. It's like, well, yeah, duh. All right? That's yeah. the whole thing. And I think the nice thing that, or the good thing that's going on, nice isn't the right word, the good thing that's going on right now is we've got a foreign minister that is extremely, extremely threatening. It's like, oh, my God.
0: I love Wong, but she, like, scares me.
1: I, I wouldn't cross her.
0: <laughs> I would not cross her. Mate,
1: if she went for my prawn toast, I wouldn't stop her. No. Right? You can have a piece. Go for it. Just, can I have one of your dimmies? No, you keep your dimmies. Right? So – Right. One thing is she she plays a very hard. Yeah, ball. she does. Right, and I think the Chinese are actually appreciate. I think the Chinese appreciate it when someone goes, "No, you know, we're not." It's face, and she's not going to lose. Well, face but there. also
0: th- a lot of what the coalition were doing were mocking the Chinese in the media. So I think that yeah. that's kind of what really destroyed the relationship yeah. more heavily was the way it played out in the media. Whereas Labor have been pretty consistent in not saying much.
1: Oh, they've been very consistent. In in, like, keeping their cards yes. close to their chest, which, again, the Chinese appreciate that. Yes. They like the challenge of getting inside your hand. So, all right?
0: so they're going to, you know, put some uh, some security cameras in places.
1: Oh, no, they've already know. turned around and said, no, 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 what you, what's the problem? They're just some cameras. And it's like, literally, I think, Albo went,
0: guys, mm.
1: come on. Yeah. Right? Enough is enough. Enough. All right. The other thing is, yes, terrorism isn't the big focus right now, but the great thing is they're not dropping the ball. Yes. Right? They've still got their focus well and truly on that as well. They've got the ball. All right, they've it's got the ball. being bounced a few times, and, not being um, dropped. finally, yeah, we're balloon free.
0: Oh. We are balloon free. We
1: are balloon free.
0: North America, not so
1: much. It really, like, you know what? To be perfectly honest, to float a balloon into Australia, you've got to launch it down in the Southern Ocean and those roaring not working. 40s yeah. and just not going to be very... No.
0: Not going to work. No, nah, no.
1: Nah. And why? you got your camera in here already. Yep. <laughs> Wave the camera.
0: Bye.